Welcome to the brand new Unstoppable podcast with your host, Johnny Pierce. In this podcast, we're going to cover all you need to develop unstoppable confidence, build an unbreakable mindset, and we're going to make sure that everything that you listen to is unforgettable. We'll dissect the lessons from the people that you want to hear from, and you have access to this completely free of charge. If you like it, don't forget to share it with your friends, and I'll see you on the inside. Johnny Pierce and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm incredibly excited to have our guest with us today and we're here with Johnny Brady. So Johnny, if you give us, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm sure a lot of you do know Johnny, but if you don't know Johnny, who are you and what do you do? Hey guys, I'm Johnny Brady. I am a country music artist from here in Northern Ireland. I'm a singer-songwriter and it's great to be involved here at the Unstoppable Podcast. It's awesome to be here. Epic, sounds good. And so... Obviously, country music star, you've done some amazing things in the scene. Tell us a bit more about how that started. What was childhood like for you? And how did you actually get involved in country music? Well, I got, first of all, Johnny got involved with country music, I suppose, from a very young age. My granddad James was from Castle Blaney. And that would be, um, for a lot of country music fans here in, in Ireland, would know of uh, the great legend Big Tom. He was related to Tom. He was an uncle of Tom. So my granny and granda were big country music fans. And that sort of passed on to my mum, who did a little bit of singing that professionally now, but she loved country music. She was in uh, like the Susan McCann fan club, things like that. And just loved like Philomena Begley, all the old country music artists from America as well, just going right back. And my dad also then was a country music fan because they were from that era where maybe they went to a country dance or even they went to a wee country tavern had a few drinks or whatever and loved the country music so I got to hear a lot of that as a, as a young lad and um, my mum's two brothers were singers they were in a band and as I sort of grew up I got so interested in the music and I always wanted to be out with the lads and at that, at that point sort of going off through the 80s they could have took me to a few gigs even though I was a sort of in my early teens 12 13 and 14 and things like that and i would have lifted the gear with them and things like that and i i got my first guitar at 12 and i i actually started writing songs pretty much straight away i just had this interest in writing songs i didn't i couldn't even come up with melodies so i used like uh popular melodies that i would have, that i would have known uh, my dad was a truck driver yeah. so i used uh he, he drove for a company and when he got he passed his test they give him probably the the, the oldest truck in the yard had a few different coloured doors and stuff on yeah. it. wasn't the, wasn't the, the 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 pride of the fleet by no means. But he was so happy to be driving this big lorry, and it was a it was a daff and had different colours. So I called it the daff of many colours, which is a yeah. the coat of many colours, obviously by Dolly Parton. But because I hadn't got my own melodies at that young age, I started using other melodies to get writing songs and then learning chords. And it just kind of went from strength to strength. I listened to a lot of country music. Um, I listened to a lot of rock and pop music as well and stuff like the Eagles and all that sort of stuff. And I, I eventually, when I was 15, in 91 actually, I started my first band along with my two uncles. Yeah. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from those guys and I learned a lot from being out gigging. So it kind of yeah. all started there for me. You know? And would you say, like, when you were in school, you knew, right, this is what I want to do? Or did you have any ambitions to be a truck driver like your dad? Or what was the plan? Like, what was the plan of action? Because nobody really knows you know, I'm going to wake up and, and do singing full time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's funny you say that because I, I, I have a 13-year-old a daughter and we're sitting talking about this very thing last night and we're saying, what is it you think you're going to, you want to do? What are you going to do? 
and she doesn't really know. She has some idea, you know, of what exams and stuff she wants to do. Unfortunately for me at school, academically wasn't wasn't my thing. I mean, I left school at 16. I, I really wasn't able to read and write that well. And that's, mm. I, I, you know, I, I feel embarrassed sometimes saying things like that, but I, I don't mind saying it so much. At the time, I remember being quite embarrassed about it. And I suppose as, as time went on with phones and emails and all these different things, I actually learned to read and write by, by that sort of a, by technology really, which, and, and as you know me, I'm not a big technology yeah, yeah, guy yeah. as well, but so like realistically, yeah, I, I, in school, my dad was a truck driver and I just thought, yes, I, I mean, that's something that I could do. I, I kind of like lorries and I like cars and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But really music was something that really caught me. Um, and I remember sitting in, he had an old Ford Granada at the time um, and he had just bought, um, a tape cassette, which is tell you how long ago this was, of the best of the Eagles, yeah, and the best I think it was uh, it was a Brothers in Arms as well, which was it was at Straits, and I remember sitting out in the car just listening to that over and over. Uh, we were in Donegal on our holidays, and um, so it kind of does show that I just really hooked into music, and I just loved listening to the stuff. And I remember winding back and just turning the tape over and just you know, so it was something that I really did. And as soon as I got my first guitar, twelve, I, I never left it down. I just sang every day and. You know, yeah. so I really had that love and passion. I never really knew, though, at that time that I could have actually made a career and a living yeah. out of it, which was actually yeah. the most surprising thing to me that people actually pay me to do this kind of thing, and it's yeah. it's amazing. And I think that's interesting for like anyone listening to this podcast. Like so many people think they need to have it all figured out by their early twenties, but the reality is things can change and things can come up. And like I didn't always know that I would do this coaching thing for for years. I wanted to be a teacher, and I was studying to do that. And then I realised, well, this isn't really my passion, and it's so important to actually follow what you're passionate about. And that's exactly what Johnny's done. And and we'll we'll hear more great lessons about that. But it just shows you, growing up, you know, he didn't wake up thinking that he was going to be a country music singer. He he had other plans and other ambitions in there. You know, even his daughter's going through this now, and she's deciding what she wants to do. So it's okay not to have it all figured out. It's okay not to know exactly what you're going to do. But it's just important to actually follow what you're passionate about, in my opinion. So outside of that, obviously, off the back of that, great success. You've been able to make this your full time thing and all those fantastic things. I think. Everyone watching this will see you as an overnight success. They'll think you just made it overnight and it just became you know, something that happened. But I suppose there's obviously been challenges along the way. What would you say the main challenges have been and what have you actually found difficult with your journey to where you are today? Yeah, and I think sometimes people will look at a lot of people um, in, in that sort of over, overnight success sort of story because they've never really heard of that person before. Well, like I am 46 now, and uh, you know, I, I started into country music in a bigger scale at 36. So, for 20 years, nearly before that, I worked in bands, all different types of bands, country, rock, pop bands. You know, just going up and down many miles to recording songs, writing songs. You know, getting every door that opened went in that door to see if there was another option for me there. Uh, Got really, you know, a lot of great friends in the music business and just, you know, as you said, it's something that I got so passionate about. So I just followed what, what, what I was passionate about and what I really loved to do. Um, and I think relatively the most challenging part was whenever I decided to make that jump for such, to go into a higher sort of end, yeah. more professional, uh, you know, bigger band, everything was bigger. Um, everything then started to really cost a lot more money and you know there was a lot of struggles there at the, top, at the very start where even the first few years will I stay on the road will I not stay on the road mm -hmm. can I can I do this can I not do it so I just took advice from 
other singers and 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 even people throughout the the country music scene that had followed other music you know for, for a long time and um but i think what what the best thing to do is is just try and really believe in what you're doing you know and, and really have a bit of a plan where you know maybe Maybe not aim for that mountain straight away, but just try and take baby steps and, and try and, you know, work, don't, I suppose, as I said, like financially, it's such a big step and, you know, maybe don't get yourself in too deep so that you can never get out of it. You know what I mean? I suppose you can always change your mind, but um, for me, it was just baby steps, trying to pick the right songs, trying to get in with the right people. Um, and very lucky that I did. And I love working with all the different artists. Um, I, I try to keep politics w well out of everything yeah. that I do. Um, because I just really genuinely love music and I love the country music fans as well and I think they really helped me but the challenges were just believing in myself I think was it was a big challenge yeah. and even as a songwriter believing in a song that you've wrote is a good song yeah. and if you can get, get get over that and then eventually get some encouragement I, I sometimes think that you know you could have 20 great comments about you uh, people and then you, one person yeah. will give you a bad comment and, and, and sometimes you can fixate on that bad comment so much but I think that's if you can just get over those wee hurdles yeah. and just try and keep the positivity and maybe your glass is half full uh, and you just keep going going forward and then you just at some point I think um, when I got round up my head around all that and that I was able to do it and that I, I could write songs and that I could sing and you know it was something that I loved to do yeah. that I think that's when things really started to work better for me. Big time and I think like as well for, for people listening to this like there's probably people who listen to this that are wanting to start a business that are wanting to go and take something full time and that, that's a great lesson in around like how you can actually back yourself and believe in yourself and I think that's like a Northern Irish or an Irish thing that we're always you know we're always doubting ourselves we always think that we can't really be a success at what we do and it, it's interesting because there was a story when I was on holiday and I shared this recently on social media but it was like I was speaking to these Americans and Americans are completely different than us in how they operate how they act their class because they're so positive they really believe in themselves they think they can do anything and I'm sure you've met people in the country scene in America Absolutely. you know who's personality is completely different and they back themselves so much more than we maybe do so it's interesting to say you know there's maybe an element of self-doubt when you first started your you're going full-time so it, it's okay to feel that way but it's also important to actually back yourself and you know johnny's proof that you can really take it wh wherever you essentially want to as well off the back of that i suppose you know we've already touched upon it but whenever you said there you took it really full-time when you were 36 and what were you doing before that? Well, I, I, I still was professionally singing, doing, you know, like uh, bars and clubs and weddings and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people, I was actually very busy. I already had a really good business model in place where, you know, I had a diary that was booked up for the next year or whatever. And I just thought that, you know, as a songwriter though, um, you know, if I went to this next level, I, I, more people would know about me. And, you know, um, at the time when it happened, the, the country scene here in, in, in Northern Ireland, in Ireland, was, was really booming. You had some young artists coming in which, that were much younger than myself. And they were talented young lads and girls as well. And they had this sort of a new kind of, a, brought a new life to it, injected a, such a, a big life into country music. And I think really, if I was honest, without those, you know, young people coming into it, uh, even though they might have been, say, 10 years younger than me, or maybe even more than that, yeah. uh, I possibly wouldn't have had that same chance to get into it. But I just knew that 
um, you know, getting into it at this level, that that could mean like going to America and mm-hmm. you know doing like Nashville and, and and trying to write as as a as an artist here. You can go you go to different places in the world and write with different writers, and they'll take you more serious as well because you're an artist here and you're releasing records, and you really tra- and I think that's why you know at, at a higher level everything's a higher level. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, when you step up all your musicians are stepping up and the studios that you're working in are stepping up and yeah. the songwriters are all stepping up and if you work with people that are always more experienced yeah. than you, I feel you will be better, a better person. Makes so sense. that's kind of how I, I, yeah. I felt that, you know. And it's like, an, it's like an environment thing and like you're saying there, it's that with every new level, there's a new challenge that comes with that because obviously people will put Johnny in a pedestal, maybe someone's starting out in music and Johnny's kind of their their idol or they look up to him or whatever it may be. And so many people, we as individuals can then put someone on, also on a pedestal, but they still have their own personal challenges, their own personal struggles. And with every new level that they go to, there's also new challenges that come with that. And I've experienced that firsthand myself. And it's always important to know that everyone has their own personal challenges, but it's important to actually understand that and not look up to these people too much and allow them to have their, their success, but also appreciate the challenges that actually come with that. And obviously for you, Johnny, going back to the, you touched upon it, your 13 year old daughter's figuring out what she's gonna do in the future. Um, you have a son as well and, and a wife and all those things. So tell us a little bit about that and also tell us about how you juggle being on the road. Cause obviously there's, there's long hours involved in what you do. There's a lot of travel involved in what you do. And also there's anti-social hours, what people maybe would say is family time, you're out working and, do, and doing your work. So tell us how you manage to juggle those things. Well, yeah, that was one of the reasons as well also, uh, you know, where that decision came in and it wasn't an easy decision to make to go on the road full time to step up to that level because, you know, obviously my wife, Tony, we had to sit down and have, have a discussion. We had a young daughter, she was only three. Shay was, he was just going to be born actually in around the time where I started in April and he was born in the July. So he was only, he's just 10 now. So like there was all that and, and Tony would have to be at home and I would be, be away a bit more. So that was, it was a struggle, I think, whenever Shay came along, just from even tiredness aspects and me traveling late on the road at night and, and maybe staying away a night or two. And I remember even a funny story where I came back one weekend and, you know, I, I was so tired. Tony had been at home with, with the kids all weekend and, and the dogs as well. And uh, I says to her, my goodness, I stay in the hotel. She says to me, do not. Do not even go there. Do not even say I was I wrecked staying in a hotel for the weekend. Just don't even mention it to me. So there was there was those struggles, but we got through it and we had to dig deep, I suppose. Um and, and, and to be fair to her, she really um you know, she really supported me, which was which was yeah. probably couldn't have done it without 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 her help and with the help of I suppose the whole team that was around me at, at, at that time. Um, so th- those th- those were struggles, but now those struggles got it got a little bit easier as as the years went along. Um, and you know the kids got up a little bit, and we, in some ways, from that aspect, I sometimes say to my wife, Tony, like we start to get our lives back a little bit, yeah. um, because you know, and I I, I was completely hands-on dad i loved being a dad uh, uh, you know the, the very early years are tough uh, but i do love you know having kids and it's and, and they're great characters you know um and you know it's one of them things i suppose having to talk to freya my daughter last night about all these you know what she's going to do and she doesn't know what she's going to do and i said they look like you don't have to worry about that just now but like and she loves and she loves her schoolwork and all that kind of thing and she's very enthusiastic about it but i just said they look just try and do your best and just try 
be happy within yourself because that's probably one of the most important things. Um, and I think that's how we got through it. You know, we had highs and lows, but um, Tony was so supportive of what I did and then therefore I, I tried to support her and her, her work as well, yeah. which, which, which I feel is a lot of work yeah. to be a mum at home. And then eventually she got back to work and then we were able to juggle it around a little bit more yeah. and it's just and now the kids are nearly looking after us for goodness sake it's, yeah. it's unbelievable big time big time and like you said there like there's never ever been an individual success story so we see this great success story today but also there's there's people behind that and there's people that have actually helped make that happen because you can only go so far alone but whenever you've actually got the right people around you that's whenever it actually changes the game and it allows you to move forward and i suppose country music star done amazing things I'm sure there's a lot of common misconceptions of the, the rock and roll lifestyle that, that yeah. you maybe um, can actually share the reality of it. So what, what's a common misconception maybe people have about being in the country music scene? Well, I think a, a common misconception everybody has is that, uh, you know, they go and they see some of the, like Nathan or Derek or, or Lisa or Cleona, I try to not name too many because I don't like to leave people out. Or maybe even, maybe they look at myself, I don't know, and they say, look, I'd love to do what Johnny's doing. And that's a great thing because I, I, I felt exactly the same way. I wanted to do what I seen other bands doing. I wanted to try and sing like this. I wanted to try and learn this chord or write like that. And that's that's a great thing. But a lot of people just see that two hours on stage. Um, they see the lights and they see the PA and they see the band and they think it's great. And it is amazing. Don't, I, I want to tell you, it's amazing. And I love being in a band as much as I did from I was no size. But the, the misconception is all the hard work that goes in and around that. Um, you know, obviously the travelling to the gigs, you know, you're even getting the gigs in the first place, getting the, the right gigs, uh, you know, it's there's so much stuff, uh, the long hours, the, the even the financial side of the whole thing, you know, the, the highs and lows of that, where, where, where you, are, are we going to be able to stay on the road for another yeah. uh, week or so? But, you know, that's in every business, I suppose. In fact, for me, that was a misconception for me, actually. Yeah that it was actually a business. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to go out there and, and play my guitar and sing and write songs and, and, and even party a little bit too yeah, because yeah. it was great fun and everybody thinks that, that it is like that. And, you know, there is times where you can do that, but then it, there's, a, there's a serious side of it where it's the long hours and all that kind of stuff and the family life at home and, you know, getting home tired and your family get a little bit less than everybody else gets and that was a thing that I know my wife Tony had said to me a few times that they get that I get yeah. this you know and that's the misconceptions I think for for especially a lot of young people coming in where they see you know and especially with all social media and everything now it's uh it's, it's such a different thing you know yeah. I went through I sort of transitioned through where there was none of that and then it, now it is and I find social media quite yeah. difficult to, to, to sort of navigate that's just something I don't seem to gravitate towards that well and I'm trying my best to do that so um, but these young ones see all the as I say the lights in the stage and I think there's so much more than that yeah there, you know big I mean? time and people see the the big wins the awards yeah. the the yeah. stages the the amazing crowds yeah. that would be at Johnny's gigs I was actually on YouTube before this and I seen one of his YouTube videos has 1.6 million views and, and all these amazing things, which you maybe didn't know, but um, I think that's incredible. People see these these highs and these wins in these people. Maybe people see me winning an award, but they don't actually realize that that took six years to actually win that award that I won last month. And I think it's so easy to get hung up, hung up on that stuff. And also, you know, social media is a highlight reel as well. And, and I think we live in a world where people are so gravi they're gravitating towards that, that social media world where there's an actual real world where people have challenges. Johnny had challenge whenever he was, 
you know, whether or not he could put bread on the table. He, you know, we all went through a global pandemic where there was no gigs, there was no concerts, like, and he was he was just just getting by at that point. So people see now as country music's back and he's able to to do great things again. But also there was there was times there was real challenge there as well. You know, absolutely, absolutely, and congratulations on the award, by the way. Man. No, I appreciate it. That's awesome, and you appreciate it, and well deserved. Let me say, well deserved. No, I appreciate it, and. Outside of that, I suppose there's loads of different people watching this. There'll be country music fans. There'll be people who yeah. are looking to develop as an individual. What's one piece of advice that you give to someone who is thinking about putting themselves out there for the first time or doing something that is uncomfortable for them? Well, I think uh, the one thing I've learned is, is that to be successful, I think you have to be uncomfortable. Uh, that's one thing I've learned because so many times I've been so, I've go, oh, I'm not comfortable about this. I don't know if this is going to work. And, you know, so being uncomfortable is, is something that you have to get used to, I think, if you want to be more successful. My, my main thing is, and I, I got this from a great guy and we're just talking about Americans, uh, you know, I mean, I love their whole positivity and how, how they do it and I was very lucky to work with a guy called Ralph Murphy for any songwriters that are out there he has a great book on songwriting called Murphy's Law and just it's all about sort of the fundamentals and stuff of writing and you know it'll really teach you how to be a better writer but I think you know he just said to me look Johnny make sure the one thing that you do is that you're enjoying it and that you're happy inside yourself because I think sometimes doing something that that, that you're not happy doing you it only has a certain shelf life you know unhappiness can can breed all sorts of things so having a better sort of mindset as, as, as I know with obviously unstoppable is a big thing and uh, you know so I just think you know be happy is one of the main things um, but definitely be uncomfortable every now and again because if you're not uncomfortable every now and again you're never going to get to that next level yeah, I think you have to push time. yourself as much as you can yeah. big time and was there ever a moment in your career or you're maybe standing on a stage or you're just off the back of doing a gig and you thought to yourself I'm going to make this work here you know this is going to work for me I'm going to be able to do this for the rest of my life like has was there ever a moment or did it just kind of all compound into well I think there was there was many moments in, in, in my lifetime before country music and even while I've been here that you know that I thought to myself look I absolutely love being a singer I love being a songwriter and I just wanted to do it I just I've always wanted to do it and I still want to do it even through lockdown um, you know it really I just couldn't wait to get back to, to, to singing again, to working, to go out in front of an audience. And I think sometimes that's a natural thing in, in a lot of people. You know, you, you might see a kid at school where, like whenever I was at school, I wasn't afraid to get up and play my guitar in the classroom and, and sing a song or at the, at the, at the talent show. I, I was in with that band and I would have backed somebody else playing guitar and I just loved being around people that were creative. Um, you know, so I think that there's many moments um, and I think when I got into country music and as I say, I was on that next level where we're, we're more, a bit more pressure and, you know, being uncomfortable at times, there was times where I thought, can I still do this? I, 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 I was right to the very wire many times, but then I just loved it so much that I just, I kept pushing myself on and just getting that next gig, let's go for this next gig. And then there was just gigs that you just did and you were just like, man this is amazing yeah. you know just the feeling was yeah. like a, i mean I, I, 
it's just one of the best feelings in the world. And as you know, Johnny, like I would have an odd drink every now and again. I'm not a big drinker, but like I've a lot of gigs I, I never even drink, and it's just like the the feeling that it gives me is is, is my is my most favorite feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know that well, I can, And what off the back of that, obviously the great feelings and the great experiences that you've had. Has there been a proudest moment in your career where you've maybe topped the charts or you've released a song or you've done a really big venue like for you is there any that stand out or? yeah i mean i think there's a there's also a few moments for that as well i mean obviously doing the likes of the sse here at belfast you know ten thousand people that's a pretty special moment just it was one point where i just kind of got the lights down and everybody put their phones on and i just got the acoustic well, and it was just like you're back you know you start off in your bedroom and you go to yourself Right, I'm gonna have to learn this chord, and your fingers are sore, and yeah. you can't get that one chord to even ring out properly. And then all these years later, you're standing. There's ten thousand people there, and they're singing every every word with you. Yeah, you know yeah. that is unbelievable feeling. Um, and one other feeling that I really loved was, and I was actually forty when I did this. Was I went to um, went to Nashville, and um, I'd recorded a lot of stuff here, but. Going into the studio environment in Nashville, where the drummer, the bass player, the keyboard player, the whole band, the Steve player, everybody's in their own, in their own wee area. And basically, they just, you know, they've sat in the control room, like a room maybe this size, and we talk about the song. They listen to the work tape, which is just me playing acoustic, mm -hmm. and they have their chord chart, and then everybody goes in, the drummer counts it in, and the song comes out, and you go, I didn't write that song, did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just an amazing feeling. That was one of my like Christmas morning uh, moment feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose Christmas morning is one of my other favorite yeah. feelings. It's nothing to do with music, I yeah. suppose, but being a kid on Christmas morning is just one of those feelings. It's hard to it's beat. Good, it's good. It's good. It's hard awesome. to beat. It's coming around soon. <laughs> um, Santa will be back. Outside of that, you're obviously in this position where you're doing great things. You're making great progress. And you're giving advice now to your daughter who's getting older, yeah. coming into her teenage years. If we were to zoom back to you being 18 to where you're at right now, what's one piece of advice that you would give to the 18-year-old Johnny Brady right now? So one bit of advice I would give to the 18-year-old Johnny Brady is, I think probably sometimes when you're young, you're, you're, you're a wee bit more afraid to do things. And I think I would just jump a wee bit more. I would, I would, I would be more uncomfortable a bit younger, as I say. Yeah. I was, I was probably quite sensible and a little bit little bit worried about doing stuff and in some ways like I was 36 when I decided to do it on a bigger bigger scale and I wish I had done it when I was young, even younger again even though I was out singing and playing and all that kind of stuff um, and just really try to be as happy as you can throughout your life and don't I think as well it's very important to people that you have around you um, you know People can people that are around you that are maybe negative. I think sometimes that can really affect you, and I've learned that a lot from from coming through my career. That you know, just have positive people around you and just be positive. And uh, I think that's the best way forward. And actually, I'll say one more thing. A big point in my life was when I did the Average Day Unstoppable. Um, the feeling that I got when I did that at forty five, and you know came from what I was doing and got into that shape and just uh, you know, a big thanks to yourself for that was one of my great feelings and I, I remember thinking talking to you about this can I do this yeah, I, yeah. and I was afraid to do that as well yeah, and I yeah. said no do it 
and really start and just get get stuck into it. And yeah. it, I mean, the results were amazing for me. Yeah. And I have to say, guys, thanks very much. There's an iconic image that will overlay on this video <laughs> with, with a famous guitar and, and an open checkered shirt. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. I've plastered it all over my social media. But it's a great image. And yeah, like, like Johnny said, you know, him doing that photo shoot, him getting in the best shape of his life at 45 was him stepping outside of his comfort zone. And his comfort zone right now is playing in front of 10,000 people or playing an amazing gig. But that was just something different that was maybe beyond his current level of comfort that he went and did. And it was a really proud moment for him. So it just shows you. And, and I suppose on that point, you know, you've been on this fitness journey for a while now. You've been doing great things. People have seen great progress. I suppose would you have any advice for someone who is doing a fitness journey or trying to lose some weight or trying to build some muscle? Like, what would you say to someone that's doing that right now? Well, I think my favorite thing to say to somebody who's doing that right now is, I think because inside their head or anybody's head, it was the same in my head, was like, can I do it? How do you start? Where do you start? Just start. And if you get the right bit of advice, you know, something like Average the Unstoppable is amazing because these guys know what they're doing, Johnny knows what he's doing, knows what he's talking about. And I thought myself, I even knew before, like I thought I knew a little bit more, but I didn't actually, and I learned so much from the whole experience and the people that were within within that community as well. We just did a thing there yeah, last yeah. weekend, it was great fun, where everybody got together and we did a session, it was awesome. So basically just make that start and um, just don't, I suppose, like I said, you know, don't aim for the mountain straight away, but you know, make a small start and, just stick to it because it's been life-changing for me. We're, 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 I suppose we're nearly a year and a half down the road yeah. here and it's really changed my life. I, 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 my life is different because of Average Unstoppable. I, I, I do watch what I eat a little bit more. I've learned a lot more from my nutrition side of things. From the training side of things, I just really enjoy getting to train and when I don't get to train, I, I go, oh, I can't wait to get back yeah. to training again. It gives me so much energy. And sometimes it gives me energy when I don't have any energy because doing like over the summer we did a lot of gigs and my energy was low but when I trained I just still felt really good about myself and I think I think that's that's a cool thing to think about you know but get 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 started that's the one thing and and you smashed out of the park you did incredibly well so it was good to see a few questions now just for fun a few quick fire questions people will be interested to hear the answers to these so one meal for the rest of your life, doesn't necessarily need to be healthy. I know you're on this this health kick now, but if you had to eat one meal every single day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Ah, it has to be, man. Yeah. I'm gonna have to what do type? This. What type? There's a little woman that I get it. I've ordered every year. She does cheesecake. I must get you one this oh, year for you and Lauren. It's uh, she does cheesecake and it's. Aero mint cheesecake and it oh, is man. unbelievable. And yeah. when I get it, I have to. I, I don't eat it all now, but I, I, you can freeze it and it's great. Cheesecake is, is, yeah. is unbelievable. Sounds good. And obviously, touch upon the gym there. What's your favorite exercise in the gym that you love? I think I know the answer. I predict bicep curls, but I'm not sure what you're going to say. Um, do you know what I actually really love is um, I love doing all the leg work because I think it seems to really it, it seems to nearly be so um, you really get a sweat going and it just it gets the heart pumping more and even any any kind of squat or anything like that there although I wouldn't squat a very heavy weight yeah. I would go more sort of light and as we say under control keep your keep your yeah. keep your technique going so I like get any of that kind of stuff and I just I, and I do love being in the gym more than CV I do my CV twice a week but 
I just I find it a, a bit boring. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I love just being in it. But squatting and and suppose any kind of leg exercise I kind of love. You know, love it. And you've obviously played some amazing venues. What's one venue that you haven't played to date that you would love to play before the end of your career? The, the venue that I would love to play was it would be, uh, you know, everybody talks about the Grand Old Opry. It would be kind of cool to play there. I've been there and done the tour and stuff. Uh, but the Ryman would be the original Where's that? Grand Old Opry. It's in Nashville as well. Oh, right. And the Ryman Auditorium would be where they moved. To, it was the original Grand Old Opry and then they moved it out of town kind of thing. And uh, they took a little bit of the stage from there and put it into, the, there's a little circle on the, on the stage of the Grand Old Opry where like, you know, you go way back and that's all where all the real stars sort of play. But I actually went to the Ryman to see a show and the sound and everything and it just did, you just feel or something, there's a feeling about it. Yeah. So I'd love to play there. That would be my favourite. I think if I ever get the chance to play there, I think I've, I've definitely made it if I get to play yeah. the Ryman. Big time. And what's your favourite trip that you've ever been on? Favourite holiday? Could be a holiday, could be a a work trip, whatever it may be. Do you know what? My favourite trip I've probably ever been on was my first trip that I went away when I was 18. And it was actually to Ibiza. And it was, we went unnamed apartments. I know it was a thing that people did at this, at this stage because I don't know if it was cheaper or what, whatever happened. I actually worked in the, in the, in the Form Leisure Centre when I was when a kid as well. And myself and a few, six of us all went away. And you know what? I, I was in tears coming home. I didn't, I didn't want to come home. It was just one of those experiences. Just great crack, great people, yeah. met some lovely people out there. And that was, I think, my favorite trip away because I think it was one of those things where it's the first time that it happened. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's maybe why it was. You know, I've had some great trips with the kids and all that there. And uh, even my trip to Nashville was amazing. A couple as well. I've been to Nashville quite a few times now, but my first trip to Nashville was amazing as well. Um, and that was because it was a musical journey, but... Um, and actually, when I first went to um, when I first went to Ibiza, there was a, there, I met, there was a guy there. Um, he played in a bar called Murphy's, and it was a two piece. He owned the bar. I'm trying to think of his name, but I I learned so much from that guy in those two weeks just by yeah. watching him play and what, how he reacted with the crowd. And I stole so many ideas yeah. from him. And okay. I took him back here, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna want I want people to think that they're having a night out. Yeah, yeah. And in Spain, or because yeah. that sort of atmosphere is hard to recreate. So I think that's my favourite trip. 100%. And obviously this is called The Unstoppable Podcast. So when you think about becoming unstoppable or your pursuit of being unstoppable, what does that mean to you? I think my pursuit of being unstoppable would be, I suppose, just being happy within myself. Um, And that's a feeling that I think average unstoppable have given me, uh, you know, I mean, I can't even describe the feeling I had when I did that photo shoot. And actually we went to, I think we went went to the cinema just after it, myself Mm. and Shay and, and my wife, Tony. And I felt unbelievable. And at the same time, musical things make me feel unstoppable too. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, getting out there when and doing gigs. Big gigs and small gigs. I mean, sometimes the biggest, the big gigs are the easy gigs, believe yeah. it or believe it not. The small gigs are where you have to dig so deep and you get this atmosphere from nowhere. And, and, and when you do that and the gig still goes well, even if it's a small crowd, that makes you feel unstoppable actually. Yeah. And then a big gig just is like, yeah, unreal, class. And where can the people watching or listening to this find you right now? Social media or Spotify, or where's the best place to find you? Yeah, guys, look, we're on Spotify. We're on all the all our music's up and all the sort of outlets. Um, obviously, I'm on Instagram as well, and on Facebook and all that kind of thing. I'm I, I'm not a, an amazing social media guy, but um, I always try to get back to people. Anybody sending me genuine messages and stuff like that. Obviously, we're all on YouTube and all our stuff yeah. like is up there. Um, we've got our website, just johnnybrady.com. Um, 
and if you need the book us or anything like that, you know, Brendan's yeah. there and Brendan's a great guy. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. How do, let's say someone's wanting to book a gig or, or a, a big event. What's Brendan's email or? Yeah, Brendan's all on there. You go onto the, if you just go onto the website, it's just contact us basically. And then Brendan, you can send him an email or you can give him a call. And he's, I've been working with Brendan for like 20 years now and he's just a great guy. And, um, you know, big, big part of the success is, is down to him as well. And, and even my musicians and stuff like that. So I really, uh, you know, got a big thanks to all those guys. So if you, if you need us for anything, we're, we're there and we, we're, we're not fussy, we'll do anything. We're, 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 still, we're still out there to work. And um, I was at a recent wedding that the famous Johnny Brady was playing at and I was, was loving it, it was great. So, no, Johnny, really appreciate you coming right. on. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks a million for having Absolute me, Absolute legend. Man, I love you, and I look forward to hearing some feedback and don't forget to share this with your fellow friends who you feel could benefit from what Johnny said. Thank you. Yeehaw.